the law of attraction was in full play because we were so in the flow of this trip that nothing could have gone wrong. And even when stuff supposedly went wrong, whatever that means, it was magical. This is the Live Into Your Brilliance podcast with me, Al Kenny, and my partner in crime, Mark Billows Bilby. This is the place where we shine a light on the brilliance and the truth of the human condition, whilst blow up the illusions that get in our way. How are you doing, Mark? I'm good, my friend. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm a little bit, got a, got a little bit of man flu and a little bit of a cold, but aside from that, not too bad. Not allowing it to creep in and... Uh, you got the vid. The vid, I hope not. I hope not, although I did have that thought, but I shall not be investigating it any further. Um, I'm just going to hold it as it's a cold and nothing else. Uh, it's funny, I got the train to and from London and it's always the thing that pops into my head when then I feel ill, if I feel ill close to travel and I think, oh, has that happened? But um, hopefully not. Is that, the, uh, is that the Northwestern Petri dish? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is indeed. Um, so... We've got another question um, to look at or an area to look at really today, which I think would be a fun exploration. It comes from um, the, our producer of this podcast, Bren. Um, and what Bren said that he thinks it's often really interesting to listen and hear more about the law of attraction. And he would love to understand what's our perspective on the law of attraction. And I guess in advance of, well, when we got that question, for some people, they might be curious, you know, what is the law of attraction? And simply, like if you look at it really simply, it appears to be the spiritual belief that your the positive or negative nature of your thinking draws positive or negative experiences into your life. And probably the most famous book around the law of attraction is The Secret by Rhonda Byrne, and, uh, which was also turned into a movie, I think, which was really the... It kind of brought this into mainstream thinking and main, mainstream consciousness, this idea of... Um, you know, the nature of what you hold to be true in your mind has a distinct impact on what you draw into your world. Yeah, it's in, I mean, that's that's uh, that's a great one, Bren. Thank you, um, firstly. But the initial insight I have is it makes perfect sense in the context of what we've been discussing for the last you know, a couple of months and it goes to, I think you use this concept a lot, it goes to this notion of your come from and when you engage with the world, you choose to engage with the world from a place of creativity and curiosity and deep empathy, deep love, or you choose to engage with the world from a place of 
fear and feeling overwhelmed and deep anxiety and feeling like you've got no time and animosity, blah, blah, blah. And so, and, and, you know, you use this analogy, I think you've mentioned before, where you ride the, the glass elevator of your consciousness between the basement, which is the lowest point where it is dark and dank and, and that feeling of fear is most manifest. And then you ride that elevator and the higher you go in terms of your consciousness, the more spectacular the view and the 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 lighter you feel and and i think for me when you're aware that your gps is going off you know mavis's famous gps that we were all born with when you're aware that your alarm system is going off and your thinking is is bad and you're becoming dumber you're sinking into that basement. And so your come from is, is poor. It's, 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 it's not great. And so the reality that you create, the experience of life you create from that place is going to be negative. And it's going to be, it's going to be shitty. Um, but the moment you spot it, and the moment you pay attention to that alarm going off and you you realize what you're attaching to and you let go of it and you let go of the narrative and and the identity and all of that and and you you raise your consciousness and you're you have that lightness and that openness then the way in which you create your experience of life is significantly more positive and enjoyable and and when when your come from is that place then you seemingly attract um more positive uh experiences and 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 good things happen magic happens and a great example of this I, i'll 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 put this in practical terms as you know we we were in France for the last couple of weeks, um, touring around, watching the um, the Springboks play their their opening pool games, and you know the the unfortunate uh, stereotype uh, or, or comment leveled at at French people is they can be exceptionally rude, and and I'm sure that. You know that's true of just about every um, culture. There are individuals who <laughs> can be exceptionally rude, but but the the French get a they get a bad rap on this. And I can tell you, hand on heart, that we had such a magical trip touring around France from Marseille to Bordeaux to Paris in a rental car, taking a train from La Rochelle to Paris. Vanessa, myself, our eldest daughter, Grace. And we delighted in the whole experience and our come from was so unattached to the fear in the basement. And it was so open in terms of the open hand 
that every encounter we had was just delightful to the point where we said to each other often over the dinner table, we were like, why do the French get such a bad rap on this? Because everybody was just lovely. And I fundamentally know in my bones, it was the energy that we arrived with. It was the the way in which we approached those interactions and 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 it 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 was made manifest in 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 the experience we had we created this amazing experience and so going back to Bren's question i think if you if you if your come from is that place of higher consciousness of of openness of curiosity of of authentic empathy and love then you you attract these amazing experiences and if it's if you're down in the basement it's going to be it's going to be ugly that's my initial thought when i think about your french trip and i want to weave this back into how i think about the law of attraction so i think you created part of that trip before you even set foot in the airport that you had created it in your mind's eye like you and Vanessa and Gracie had seen something that you were excited to get into the game of like you created this French trip in 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 your mind in your hearts and even that in itself is part of the come from. It's like when we see something, we think, because I can remember when that idea first kind of popped into your mind and and it was like, oh, we've had this idea to travel around France and take in some of the rugby matches and and we think it'd be really cool and it might be a camper van. And, and, and that was a long time before, like what was that? What would that have been? At least a year, I would have said about a year before you actually went on this trip? Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people, so like in the law of attraction, when you look at, um, when you read some of the book, and I think this is where it like gets a lot of pushback from people, there's elements in, in there, which is, you know, if you write a, out a big check for a million pounds and you look at that check every day, eventually like a million pounds will find its way to you. And, and I might have oversimplified that, but that's kind of the way I think people interpret the law of attraction is I have nothing to do other than to put my attention on what I would love with loads of good feeling. And then it's going to just come to me. Whereas what I think is it's slightly more nuanced than that. It's I love when ideas pop into my mind that I'm excited about. It might be like, that's what I think your French trip was. Oh, we could do this. And then for me, the law of attraction starts to work when rather than allow yourself to be, to fall into the unhelpful thinking, for example, of, ah, oh, well, maybe we can't afford it. And actually the timings might not be right. It's like, no, actually that would be great. I love the idea of that. Love the idea of a French trip. And staying allowing that to be the come from not that you had to get to friends but it was like no that is alive in us and then acting from that place allowing it to 
to kind of guide you because it's it's the thing no like that is that is what we're attracted to and then there's all these actions that start to happen and then serendipity kind of plays its role or it looks like serendipity and then to your point about french people like you showed up with what you wanted it to be so to my mind france could never show up anything other than the way it did for you because that's where you were holding it in your consciousness, in your awareness. And when we do that, then A, it kind of gets reflected back to us. But it's because we're also stepping in that direction, like we're doing more than nothing. And where the law of attraction in the way that I understand it falls down is that it lures people into this sense that it's they don't have to do anything more than just have positive thinking and it almost lures people into this idea of okay so i shouldn't have negative thoughts it's all about positive thoughts and you know when we think about the glass elevator i would say to people no it's about noticing that that will happen and and being really mindful of like where the good feeling is living and trusting in that good feeling um, and following that, like following that. If that's where the good feeling is, it's friends, follow that, go with that energy and notice when your energy is, is off. Notice when your feeling system is telling you, no, I'm, I'm out of whack on this. And the, you know, the person, the other person that comes to mind as well as your friend story is, you know, Jim Carrey talks about this. He's like, oh, I, I wrote a check to myself for $10 million and I put the date on the check and I put it in an envelope and I sent it to myself. And, and that was it. And he's like, as far as I was concerned, it's a done deal. I will have a check for $10 million within, I can't remember how many years it was. And he's like, and then I didn't think about it again, other than I just knew that that was true. And he played from that place and he was like, I just allowed that to be true in my heart. And then he played from that place and he did loads of stuff and he had ups and downs and he talks about it. It's like, it wasn't a smooth path. It wasn't all plain sailing. He had high moods and low moods, but he had already allowed it into his awareness. Like that's, that's a done deal. And then he said, you know, pretty much, exactly on time it came to pass and he's like i don't know how i created it i don't know how i created it, but i just allowed it to be true in my awareness and i think there's something really powerful for in that that people underestimate do you think though that what's potentially happening is because i agree with you i think i think this idea of oh we'll just switch your thinking to positive thinking and and it's a done deal like that's that's nonsense and it's the same you know it's the same with like what all of our guests are pointing to i don't think there's a world in which you know you'd hear a mavis khan as an example say oh well if your if your alarm is going off if you sense that your gps is off then just you know switch your thinking from from negative to positive and then you're going to be all right it's like no it's it's actually it's stop thinking like 
detach from your thinking and just be, sit quietly and see what emerges, see what insights emerge because the, the, the divine engineering and the wisdom of the universe is then allowed to come through because, you know, and, and I guess one of the principles here is, is nature hates a vacuum. So, so the, the 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 wisdom flows into this quiet space and and you operate from there and um and so what i experience on a personal level whether it's the trip to france or it's you know the desire to travel more and 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 the weird and wonderful way in which that's manifesting itself for me is I rather than spend a lot of time thinking about how I'm going to make that happen I'm it's more a case of saying I want that to happen kind of like Jim Carrey writing that check like I want to get a check for a million 10 million bucks one day I don't know how it's going to happen and I'm going to surrender it and because I surrender it and I allow the the wisdom of the universe to flow into the space that would have been occupied by my incessant thinking and noise in my head, things emerge and insights emerge. And I go, oh shit, I could do that. I could, I could go and live in Spain for a month uh, during, you know, the shitty Boston winter. And I could access these companies that I'm doing all this exciting work with and and it will just be so much more convenient and and actually I can afford to do that. I'm going to go do that. And then when you you're sitting on the porch in Spain and you're staring out at the Mediterranean and you you just finished your Zoom call with whoever and you've had a great call and you're feeling on top of the world, you're like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm making it happen. It's happening." And it it and I, for me, it's that it's that interesting it's it's I think and this maybe goes to the heart of Bren's question is like how do you what's the practice there? The practice is actually it's it's realizing what you want and having a a sense and and a and a courage to then surrender it and operate from a place of curiosity and creativity and and allow it to come into being rather than trying to make it happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, I, I was almost like trying to jump in a couple of times that I want, which I'm glad I didn't. I think when you touched in the practice, you said something and the way you described it is really important. It's not about the how, it's about the what. And for most people, like when you say realize what you want, like that's, that is one of the things that, it's, that people underestimate and, and they don't slow down enough often to go, what, what is it that's alive in me? Like what's showing up? in my awareness, like as a desire, as a want, like things show up. And for a lot of people, the very thing that they do when they show up 
is tell themselves that that's not possible because they don't know how. And they shut it down. They push it back down inside themselves or they push it away. And they're like, no, I've no idea how that would happen. So that mustn't be a good idea. Or they give themselves shit and tell themselves that they're not good enough to be able to bring that idea to life or, um, you know, it's not for them. And these are all examples of closed fist. They're all examples of us suffering from what is actually like a psychological, it's a, it's a known habit. It's the inferiority habit which is the habit that we have of believing that we are not as capable as we are. And it probably sits at the heart of this whole podcast, which is if people had even a smidgen of an idea of just how capable they are, they would open themselves up to so many more ideas. And I think when you described it, what I heard is, oh yeah, I allow whatever I want to be. I don't judge it and I don't try and make it happen. But it's like, oh, yeah, like I love that. Well, that's what I want. And so I'm going to surrender myself to that. I'm going to allow that in. And I'm going to see what happens from there. And then to my mind, two things happen when we get let ourselves off the hook and go, well, it's not up to me to make it happen. And, you know, get to the two things this is what I mean by our visions are a place to come from. They're not a place to get to. Most people think that when they have an idea that then it's like, okay, so I've got to get to the million dollars or I've got to get to France and I've got to make that happen. And it's like, no, that vision is not about the future. That's something that you're seeing now. It's a gift for you now. It's a catalyst for this moment. It's not that it's going to show up exactly how you're seeing it. It's, it's inspired thought. And I don't even know where it comes from. Like, I think our inspired thinking is the way the universe communicates through us. It's, it's, it's just serving up these ideas that come from nowhere. So there's a place to come from. And when we surrender and allow it in, to my mind, two things happen. One, we have ideas. Like when we surrender, we go, oh, and ideas come to us. And then it's how we're going to act on the, on the ideas. Like you said, oh, well, like Spain. And I could just go and look at what's available in Spain. And like, there tend to be little ideas that come to us, you know, oh, I'll just jump on the website and check that out. And we just get into this motion of, oh, there's another idea. And it's probably what people will call flow. But the other thing that's also magical that happens is when you allow it in and you surrender up, all of a sudden things start appearing in your world that, that seem uncanny. It's like people will put it down to being a coincidence. You're like, well, that's just coincidence. You're like, well, it seems to happen very often that when people surrender themselves to their desires and are like, oh, I have no idea how it's going to happen, but like I'm all in and I've, I'm just going to see where it goes then people show up out of the blue. Hey, I just wanted to chat to you about this thing, or I wanted to run something past you, or we see uh, something in a newspaper or a book, and we're like, my goodness, isn't that amazing? I just 
I had that I had this thought the other day and like now these things are showing up. And that's the other thing. And then again, it's like, can you have the courage to act on those? You know, someone shows up and says, oh, um, would you be interested in this? Like, I'll tell you a real example of this for me. You know, I was, I had a thought in uh, in the, the work that I do. It's like, oh, it'd be, you know what I would love? I'd love to be in, I'd love to be doing things more on other people's platforms. And um, that'd be cool. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And that I think that will have been on like a Friday, and on the Sunday night I got a, a message from uh, one of my mentors saying, "Hey Al, we've got this thing where we run, and we would love for you to come in and host it. Like, what what do you think? Like, be one of our hosts, be one of the people in our community that runs one of our you know Monday night creating sessions." And my first thought was, oh my God, I'm not ready. And then I, then I had to catch myself and go, huh, this is, the, this is what the universe is doing. It's like, oh, you asked, you did ask for it and you accepted it, so here it is. And then it's like, can we notice the difference between what when insecure thought shows up and being able to remember, oh no, this is, this is my come from. Now I have to step into it, which is your point about courage. And I think it's surrender to your desires, be awake to what shows up, and then have the courage to act on what shows up without listening to your insecure thinking. I'll I'll tell you a funny story. So when, when we were... And you're right. I mean, with this whole France trip that we've just been on, um, we 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 had been thinking about it and were excited about it and putting lots of positive thought and 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 attracting goodness towards this whole adventure for quite some time. But we are like colossally atrocious travelers when it comes to booking stuff and what have you. I mean, like, and and we love it because we, our whole thing is, oh, just surrender it to the universe. Like good stuff will happen. But like we have friends who, you know, will, will plan just about every quarter hour of every day when they travel and they have, you know, reservations for meals and, and, chauffeur transfers and or whatever like whatever taxis and and we just don't operate like that and 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 so the only thing we had obviously booked was flights and and airbnbs and and in full disclosure we booked the last airbnb like two two days before we we flew but one of the interesting things was we had to get from marseille to bordeaux and we were in a rental car and we have no like we 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 didn't know the terrain at all, the communes where we should or shouldn't go. And but we had such a such good vibes about it, and we were like, oh well, let's let's aim for somewhere halfway between the two. And Gracie was looking at the map, and she said, oh well, here's a green section, 
and maybe we can get a hike in because maybe it's a, a nice forested area or natu- a national park or something. And she said, oh, look, the, the name of this town is Circular Poppy and we, we call Gracie Pope, Poppy, Poppy. So she said, oh, that's the French for my name. We, we, we got to stay there. So we said, sure, just book it. So she went on to Airbnb. She booked a, a, a little hotel room for the three of us, which was perfect. And uh, we we didn't think anything of it. And we, we had this amazing trip and we were just cruising around and we got to the old Roman city of Arles. And then we had to leave from Arles to get to circular popey and it was going to be a i think five or six hour drive and off we went and you know we, we arrived there sort of late afternoon and we were like holy shit this is like one of the most beautiful places we've ever seen and i'm not exaggerating i mean google it like cirque le popey in in lot in france and this 13th century village perched on these precarious cliffs overlooking this gorgeous river and this valley and we were like what the hell is this place and it turns out it's the most beautiful town or village in France as voted by the French people now of the 36,000 communes we could have chosen in France, we chose that spot through just sheer dumb luck. But kind of to Bren's point, (laughs) the law of attraction was in full play because we were so in the flow of this trip that quite honestly nothing could have gone wrong and even when stuff supposedly went wrong whatever that means it was magical whether it was thunderburst or or you know a rain cloud or, or whatever like it was just all magical and i think going back to my point earlier is is when you're when you're come from is that gratitude, that love, that empathy, that good place, everything just takes on a sheen and and the present is magical. And, and so whatever you were trying to manifest, whatever you were trying to attract, by being present to the journey, to the steps that you're taking, it can't but help be magical. And so by virtue of that come from you 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 do you attract all the goodness there is to attract out of everything and and I would argue this there would probably be people doing the same trip but because their come from was different to ours they'd be like uh it's all right this place is a bit shit it's a long drive you know the hotel room's not great Lots of bugs. Circular puppies right up on the cliffs, a bit steep. Cobbled stones, not great for the ankles. I don't know. Like, do you know what I mean? And so, so they, they wouldn't be attracting this magic 
because they come from is 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 negative and and I think that happens all the time and I'm I'm not saying that you wander around the world like pretending everything's glorious but but things are pretty glorious and and you know even our friend Tichnat Han points at this the whole time he's like you you are all of it um you just need to see it yeah. Well, I think, yeah, like I'm with you. The reason why I think that happens is because when people think their vision is a place to get to, then they're living in the world of expectation. And so when they show up, they're like, this is not what I, this is not what I had expected it to be. And so they're judging it against. Whereas when you, when it's a place to come from, we know it's, it's just, it's all it is, is like a nudge. And then we're excited to see what actually shows up. And it's, to your point, it's, it's that gratitude and that curiosity. And it's like, oh, this is interesting. And then some of it becomes funny. You know, you end up in places that, you know, might not be what you thought it was, but that becomes part of the magic. I think the bit that I wanted to put on the table on this, I think it's fundamental. Do you believe the universe is friendly or not? It's like it's a, an Einstein question, I think, which said, you know, one of the most important questions man has to answer is whether or not he believes the universe is friendly. And there's this like story, like it's a, you know, a, a story of a, a mountain climber. And I don't know if I've told this on here before, but it's one of my favorite little kind of anecdotes. And he's climbing up this mountain and he, it's starting to go dusk and it's getting slow and, he's, and next thing he slips and he's falling. He's falling down and he's screaming and he's, he's, next thing he gets snagged. His foot gets snagged or parts of his clothes and he's dangling upside down off the side of a mountain. And he's in this crevice and it's dark and this guy is not particularly religious or spiritual but, you know, needs must. And so he looks up and he shouts, if there's anyone up there, now would be a great time to show yourself. And this voice comes back to him and says, it's okay, my son. Just cut the branch and I'll guide you safely down. And the mountaineer looks back up and asks, is there anyone else up there? And the next day, the, the next day, search and rescue are out looking for the guy. And they find this guy and he's dead. Dangling from like a, a, a branch. And they're like, oh, what a shame. He didn't know he was only two feet from the ground. And the point of the story is that if you don't believe the universe is friendly... And you're probably not going to take a chance on it. You're probably going to go around relying on your intellect. You're going to, and why wouldn't you? Because if you haven't experienced it, like if you're, if, if to your mind, you, this is not an offer, then I, I get it. You're probably going to say, no, like I'm not prepared to put my, to surrender to the universe. I'm going to, I'm going to rely on me. I'm going to put it on my shoulders and I'm going to live in the world. If it's meant to be, it's up to me and I'm going to rely on my intellect. 
And I think that is the fundamental difference, whether you want to call it the law of attraction. And I think we're going a bit further than that because I think just the law of attraction on its own isn't sufficient because it, it tells half the story. But I think the fundamental piece that I would say sits at the heart of it is, do you believe that there's a greater power at play than just your intellect? And where do you want to put your faith? And I'm not a particularly religious person, but I do believe in that there's something more at play. I don't know what it is. I don't, can't explain it. I just know it. I've experienced it too many times. I've spoken to too many people. And so for me, it's the greatest opportunity is to come from that place. The greatest opportunity is to surrender. Doesn't mean that I always do it. Like I'm no more perfect than anybody else. It's just that I'll remind myself to the best of my ability to come back to this moment and be like, trust in what's showing up and jump. Like I've got a picture in the background of, of someone jumping off the rock because that's a picture that reflects me of a story about me jumping off a rock in Croatia. And to me, it's my metaphor for myself of when the universe gives you a nudge, your only job is to jump. And then see where you land and it, and trust that you might be surprised more often than not that it's exactly where you were meant to be, even though you didn't know it before you got there. Yeah. And, and, and you know, just applying the law of attraction to the workplace, um, you know, for, for some of the listeners who are, who are sort of maybe coming at it from that angle, like I, I have very fond memories and I still experience this today. Like, you know, I'm very lucky. I get to work with a lot of, um, companies, um, and when, when the consciousness is raised, even during what some authors refer to as wartime, when things are tough, the macro environment is tough and raising money is tough and layoffs have to happen and, you know, whatever's going on. When the consciousness is raised, magic happens and solutions are found and innovation abounds and growth perpetuates when people have that come from. And and I'm in this fortunate position where I'm not stuck at one company. So I I can look at what's happening and, and I get pattern recognition from my own experience, but also from what I'm seeing at these other companies. And I can look at one company and the way that they're handling certain stimuli. And I can look at another company and I can see the difference in terms of their come froms. And I can see the magic that happens when the consciousness is raised in in certain environments amongst certain teams. And they are all talented people. Like they're all beautifully talented, creative, innovative people. 
but some organizations cannot get out of the basement and some organizations spend a lot of time riding that glass elevator. So during the tough times, magic can still happen. And and so by consciously or unconsciously, they are attracting that positive magic and 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 harnessing that whereas others are are fundamentally believe that only exists during during the good times and it's fascinating to observe fascinating to observe and 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 I I will say this and hats off to the leaders who do this leaders who consciously know that this is a superpower they don't necessarily understand it, but they feel it and they see it and they understand that there's something there. They invest in in the in in doing the work to to harness this collective attraction, this collective positivity, this this collective positive come from. Um, and it it pays such big dividends, mate. I cannot tell you the magic that happens and the things that people see and uncover and 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 can delight in as a result of it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. And I just I'd like to uh, uh, something that you'll remember popped into my mind. It's 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 almost as well. There's a more such a practical side to this because I can imagine people like, well, how do you do that? And you know, it's it you don't do it by going around telling people that they need to think positive or that it's all about like your awareness and trying to like trying to be a zealot by that. I it's when you just when you're doing it and when you're speaking and pointing from that place that's what raises the level of consciousness and the the whole vibration of a business and i tell this story all the time like um, and it's uh, kudos to peter bauer and neil murray who are the co-founders of mimecast they did an article i think it was in sc magazine something like that uk trade press um uh um, media outlet uh, back in, I think it would have been 2009. And it, it turned, it was a long interview and it was, and they talked all about information banking. And uh, at the time, Mimecast was this tiny little company and they were talking about how, what they saw was, you know, that, and without like, that there were going to be these information banks and, and organizations were going to see that, that it was safer to put their data into the cloud. And there was going to be, these organizations were going to be like the Microsoft and the Googles and the Mimecasts of the world. And you could tell that it was, that was just true to them. Like that's exactly what they saw. Now, I don't think Peter and Neil would be saying, oh, well, we were operating from the wisdom of the universe and that we were raising the consciousness of the collective. 
But that's ex- to my mind, that's exactly what was happening because however many people in the company, the whole vibration raised up and they were like, that was that became the come from. The, the whole come from came, got raised. And so in one sense, yeah, there was a scrappy little startup that was like, had so long to go, but that wasn't the come from. The come from wasn't like, oh, we're small and inconsequential. The come from was... No, like this is this is our come from. And to me, it's almost like I, I kind of reflect that to lots of leaders and founders to say, you don't really have to worry about as much as you think you do. Like when you are vibrating at that frequency, other people will meet you and it's incredible what happens. And, and you know, little things that, that we in now in hindsight, you go, that was genius. You know, when that the leadership team at Mimecast created like at one point the chapters of the future and then you go back to it later on and you go, oh, lots of that came about, but we don't know how. And to me, why I love that story, and I've not really thought about this, it's like a metaphor for, in one sense, for all of us. It's like when we come from our magnificence, and I don't mean that like in an egotistical way, I mean like the magnificence of the human condition and and really see ourselves as that and know that that's true for us and everyone else. When that's our come from, then like the circumstances and stuff become like they they take second place because our being, our state of being is primary. And so we can accept the circumstances. We know that circumstances rise and fall. We know our moods, but our come from is no, like I know I know this to be true. Um and that's the opportunity, I think. It's the opportunity both in terms of big visions that we have that come alive in us, whether it's a French trip, whether it's a massive company, whether it's, you know, having an avocado farm rather than investment banking, as we point, whatever it is, it's like allowing that to come through and your the come from of knowing what you are, not who you are, but what you are and knowing that you've got this perfect system that can guide, that's helping you see, hey, like when you're being this, you'll attract this. And you got made to know when you're, when you're kind of off base, you, you're made to know when you've left home. And all you have to do is just slow down and allow yourself to come back home. And then you're going to be, you're going to be back into that space of awareness into that way of being that's going to draw things in that's how i see i place and i do i place such value i've realized i place such value in trusting and speaking what's true for you from your heart into the world for yourself like and that that is that is how you allow the universe to co-create with you it's, it does start with you. You've got to speak from that place. And if, and when you're not, then you're inadvertently telling the universe to stand down and stand down. I'm, I'm not ready to play. And the universe will go, no problem. Like we're here for you. When you're ready, we'll, we'll be waiting. Well, Bryn, I hope that, uh, that, 
went some way to answering your uh, question or pointing at something valuable or new or or uh, colorful. So um, on that note, mate, you've got to uh, come up with the uh, bumper sticker for life after this session. Yeah, I think it's something like um, the bumper sticker that I would have is what you be is what you get. That's a good one. Nice one. Cool, man. Bren, thank you so much for this question. This was, this was, this was all the questions are great. This was a fun. I really enjoyed squirreling about in through your question and seeing what showed up. I hope it's uh, been, uh, it's been a good listen for you and for the listeners. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's it for me. Any final words from you, Billows? No, mate. Look forward to the next one. Cheerio, folks. See you next week. Thanks for listening.